everyone. Welcome to El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for the second season. And we're back with El Cafecito with Radio Viral. Woo! Yay! Um, Hola, hello, Cubo. My name is Raquel. And creativity is the key to success. Hello, I'm Ricardo. This is my second time here. I'm from Brazil. Uh, I study in IBMEC in Rio, Janeiro. And I'm very happy to be here again. Hello everyone, my name is Steve. I am uh, from Ecuador and I am a U of T. I'm glad to be back to El Café podcast. This is my second time participating in the podcast, but the first time participating in this amazing project, Viral, or yeah, the, the one that U of T and the Latin American Studies program uh, hosts right now. I'm, I'm very uh, happy to be here with you all. Beautiful. I'm going to start explaining this whole project because I know it's it's new. It's in a new um, phase that we're having here in El Cafecito called Radio Viral. And the idea is to bring Latin American students together in this podcast to talk about Latin America, to talk about the the pandemic has affecting these students' lives during the pandemic. And so we've invited 12 student participants and student representatives from different countries in Latin America um, to participate in this um, huge conversation about um, COVID-19 uh, in Latin America uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we have our first student representative here, Steve, and Ricardo and Gabriel are guests. And um, how are we going to do this? We're going to have different themes every week. The first week is going to be entrepreneurship during the quarantine. And we we will invite different students that, have, that are related to this field and are going to talk about different um, perspectives during the quarantine. We have invited Steve here us for the first episode because he's an alum and has uh, an interesting project to talk to us about the entrepreneurship during the quarantine. And we will will soon inter- interview other students, student representatives that have participated um, in the past and are new to this program. And we are gonna have different perspectives here and it's gonna be really nice, Raquel. We, this, this, I'm, I'm really excited for this project um, we're not going not gonna, to not gonna have only the podcast, but also the website. Every week we're going to be updating um, the website with different articles related to the theme of the week. This week, entrepreneurship during the quarantine. And my first question to all of you is, how has been this quarantine? We, have, we know that El Cafecito is a project that is built on student perspectives, and we want to hear these student perspectives. Um, and this first question is very personal. I wanted to ask you guys how um, the quarantine has affected your lives in, in the most significant way. I wouldn't say very much on a personal level. Uh, what changed for me was, well, firstly, uh, my my university started having online lessons. That was different and pretty challenging, actually. And my alcohol, as well as my tobacco consumption, has increased drastically. That's <laughs> That's how, how it changes for me personally. Uh, regarding business, which I'm sure we'll come to that, well, then it's a different story. <laughs> so so heading to this, this, this issue that we're here focused and centered on, the entrepreneurship during the quarantine. We have people from different fields here interested in this um, topic that have different um, perspectives on, on what we're saying. And I'm wondering... How has the how has the the global pandemic affected not only the this personal level that we were talking about recently, um, but but the but the business perspective in in this in this quarantine? Um, how what was your initial reaction to the COVID pandemic um, coming in now in 2020? Okay, well I I have a lot to say about that actually. <laughs> So for me, basically everything changed. I I started a, a business in 2019. I I produce beer. Uh, first, uh, in the beginning, I was producing. Uh, I was producing by myself uh, on, like using pens and and other things. Very very traditional. Uh, which because uh, the beer field is is pretty new in Brazil. I, I mean, not that new, but still pretty new. And then in 2020, uh, as soon as the year started, I, I, I contracted a, a, a company to produce for me. So that was the first thing. When I, I was thinking about 
uh, increasing my production. I was going to drastically increase my production. Uh, but then the, the pandemic was, was quite a shock because uh, in the beginning I was thinking I was going to sell everything pretty easily because I already had my my customers and, and my, 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 my selling points. And, and then, well, that didn't happen that way. So the first thing uh, which is interesting to mention is uh, I do business, uh, business university, right? So one of the things we learned since the beginning is uh, you need to find your, your selling points. So for me, I, I was looking at markets, I was looking at bars, I was looking at restaurants, at barber shops. Uh, I don't know, like around the world, but here in Brazil, barber shops, like they, they have this connection with beer for some reason. So we we have I mean we have, we we develop this culture where you go to a barber shop and then uh, you receive a beer and then you can buy beer and it's kind of well, a very very mayo experience I would say in a way. So I was looking for this these places and I I we we have decided to leave, I I had decided to leave uh, a lot of of my merchandise there and then the place is simply closed and they're reopening about now. Uh, but then still, uh, a lot of the things I had to sell and the things I, uh, I thought would be, w was a good plan. And, and it was a good plan in the beginning to, to leave there and, and, and to, to use the place as, as a point of, uh, as a point, as a selling point, uh, that, that didn't work at all. I had to like reevaluate everything. Basically, I would say 99% of my sales were online. Uh, for this period, which was was something I had to improvise a lot, and it was pretty scary actually. Now that you mention it, um, most of the the businesses had to move their marketing strategies um, online, as yes. most of the stores were closed and lockdown was implemented. So, uh, in your experience, how did you have to make major changes? To your online platform, or how are you, and how were you able to connect with your customers online rather than in person? So what I, what I was what I was gonna do my, my, my plan was I was gonna leave at these places my merchandise and then uh, they were gonna sell for me and receive a percentage. So some places they they bought my merchandise and then they were gonna resell it. Other places I left it there in something we call consignado here in Brazil. I consignated maybe I don't know how to say it in English which is when you you leave your merchandise and then but no one pays you and then uh, you go back there and then they, they give you back your merchandise or the money if they manage to sell it but then again uh, I couldn't even go there and get my my things back because the place was literally closed you, you couldn't open by, by law you couldn't open you couldn't go inside you couldn't do anything so I I had to accept that uh, what what was what I left there was lost, literally lost, and I, I had to start uh, trying to connect with my with my clients uh, via Instagram. I use Instagram. I think it's well, possibly the the best uh, platform for for sales, I guess, and for marketing as well because uh, of the way it's built, right? So you you can leave your your photos. You can you can um, if if you have any events or something, you can you can say there, and everyone can see it uh, through stories or or things you publish, and that's that's what I had to do. Like uh, so, I had to skip a phase. So my my plan in the beginning was to uh, leave there and uh, let it grow a bit, and then I was going to invest in marketing. But then I I, I had to kind of uh, switch things around, and I had to invest in marketing first, so that people would know it, and then people would wanna wanna buy it. Uh, here in Brazil, we had something which was, I, I believe it was very different from some other, some of the other countries. Because at first, uh, when uh, the quarantine was announced, everyone was kind, kind of happy, actually. People were like, oh, holidays, we're going to have a, a week, uh, two weeks, a month without having to go to work. Uh, lessons will be online. And everyone was kind of happy, actually. It's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty impressive to say this, but uh, we had our... Uh, fullest beach day here in Rio in like the, the whole decade uh, on the first day of quarantine. So people weren't really taking it serious, especially because it was something 
uh, that was happening more in, in Asia and, and in Europe. But then as, as things progressed and people started seeing how serious it was, then everyone started uh, to really lock themselves in. So in my case, uh, especially me, because I was selling a beer, which means alcohol, uh, the, the, the first week and the, the, the first period of the quarantine was, was very good for business. People were, were buying a lot. It was actually quite amazing. But then when people realized it was going to like linger for some time, they and, and and money would start being an issue so people started like holding their economies tighter and and stopped buying and gabriel how how is it for you um having you know you can you can explain first your business size because you know it's different from ricardo's and explain a little bit about your story and how the covid 19 pandemic has affected your business so my business is basically, uh, I have a family business. Uh, we own some stores on uh, construction materials. And we also run a group with 40 stores in this segment uh, in Rio de Janeiro. We, uh, it's kind of an association of stores. It's kind of hard to explain, but something like that. So in the first moment, we'll have stores real stores with uh workers people working for us so in the first moment in the when everything was locked down uh it was a big uh, like scare for us because we had to close the doors uh, and we didn't have money to pay for our products for the uh the salaries of uh the payout for uh, our workers and uh we have pretty massive problems in the first weeks. Uh, it's funny because Ricardo said that uh, the first weeks of the quarantine for him for him were the best uh, moment for for sales. In my case, it was our, our worst moment because we have to to close everything for like two weeks until uh, a law came in Rio that changed the status of uh, construction materials to necessity. It's a necessity. Uh, you, so you have to, to have the stores have, can continue to be open so people can buy because it's a necessity. Yeah. So. That's that's really relevant. In the first, I, I remember the first the first few few weeks was that kind of dark period where people everything was closing and everything was um, in, in a quite of a scare of, of what would happen in the next in the following moments. But following this period, we had a little bit of a light where people were starting to opening up. Recently, um, there's been a law that passed that allowed um, commerce to open again. How has this yeah. um, moment of reestablishment of the new normal has how has this period been for you? I, I have to explain how the the quarant the quarantine worked here. Uh, to explain how my business, uh, how things worked. Uh, the suburban areas here in Rio, uh, people were not under quarantine, like really under in quarantine. The mm -hmm. they basically people were getting out. Uh, the stores were 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 still open. Some in particular some places. So the uh, our business was not like after those first weeks when everything had to to stay closed and people were really scared after the numbers of uh, deaths and deaths kept rising. People were really scared. So that first moment was really bad. But after that, uh, when it could open our store and the areas our stores are located people still went out. They were not staying at home. So our our business was not that affected after the first, the, this first uh -huh. month. Uh, we, our sales over cell phone and uh, WhatsApp, we work, in, we make sales on those two, those two platforms too. Uh, they, uh -huh. we, we saw a rise in this, but we, it was not that affected by the quarantine. I see. 
And so, and so I want to understand also the situation in Ecuador. Steve, um, could, you, could you explain a little bit how was this initial transition in Ecuador um, in the pandemic, and especially for small businesses, because I know that you work closely with them. Sure. Uh, yeah, and, and thank you, Leonardo. And I think it's actually very interesting for me to listen to um, a couple of experiences from, from Brazil, which is kind of like uh, interesting to know how or like things related to businesses, small businesses sometimes, and, and entrepreneurship uh, is kind of developing during the time of quarantine. Well, here in Ecuador, it's um, of course um, here it has like its own um, differences, right? And um, I, I feel that that the quarantine and and the emergency that uh, emerged here was was very um, uh, shocking for for most of us, um, in, in, especially in the coast region of Ecuador, um, the the COVID. 19 was we uh, at this point in the in the histories of some businesses and also for sure in in in, in so uh, I feel that in my case and and before I didn't get to talk that much about the how I um how I felt after I changed in what areas of my life changed since the quarantine started but I feel everything is kind of a lot actually and and I, I feel that this is the story of of many entrepreneurs that perhaps worked from home or that were um, having or opening their small companies in the process of hiring more people or uh, asking for for loans to different banking institutions and stuff so I feel that when the quarantine started everything became like very certain of course but and people were more concerned a lot of uh, about the issue and about the the public health uh, sector of, of of the state rather than uh, on the economic aspect of of what of what the quarantine was going to bring us all. But at the same time, like I'm really involved in all these process of entrepreneurship and trying to like help um, new startups emerge and and especially new businesses uh, to have their their goals and everything set up before they open, right? So I, I've been help, helping a lot of small businesses. And when this started, we had to stop this. And we had to rethink a lot of things before we proceeded. It. And we knew this was going to be very changing. Um, I, I feel like it's very um, obvious sometimes. And, and I heard the word obvious in the previous podcast. And I think it, it's uh -huh. very obvious that it was going to be very rapid, uh, a rapid change, but uh, it was very difficult to assimilate. It was very difficult to assimilate that it was going to be this fast and this changing. So the key for most of the, the small businesses to stay to business and to and to be working i feel was the how rapid they were and how effective they were uh, to adapt themselves to 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 the new normal basically and a lot of businesses uh suffered from it like some some businesses did not know what to do and and i feel that that was very decisive for, for what's now happening that a lot of small businesses are closed uh, some people had to change and, and shift their their focus, their business focus to something else, different market, different market strategies. So it's for sure a huge change for everyone. But I feel that here in Ecuador, it's very, very interconnected with uh, like family relationships and, 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 and interactions. And at the same time with the political context, because we cannot leave aside what's happening here in Ecuador, that the political context is not the, well, and I feel like this is kind of like the, uh, probably the main issue in the but I feel that here in Ecuador, crisis really shocks all. And, and, and it's for sure a decisive factor in, in, in when thinking of the business. So the more more personal experiences that i have right now about businesses is that first i noticed that the informal economy grew a lot a lot and, and this is also a trend in all latin america so um, um political well government policies have um basically led to, to a lot of informal businesses arising and emerging 
uh, and you can see that in you can see that on social media so many instagram accounts opened for new businesses most of them about food i um helped my sister to continue with her food um small business and uh, that's that's how it's working that's how it's working right now and on the other side um my other uh, project that i was working on uh was exactly this um, platform this digital platform to help all these small businesses and big companies too to have a platform to process payments online and to basically to have marketing and production and promotion online so um, it was a, a little bit pro- more about the project great great I'd, i'd love to talk more about it and actually i feel that this is a like we've been planning it for like a lot of time right so we started this project after a month or so during the first month of quarantine i was kind of like uh you know attending a lot of zoom um webinars and all that stuff and trying to learn a lot actually before i can um i can like assess or or guide someone who who wants to open a business or who has a business and wants to adapt to the new uh situation so i was taking a lot of uh webinars and stuff so it was a very very I felt that the first month was very shocking but kind of very productive especially for like I don't know in my case like I had to go to work every day and then I had to change everything to virtual right so um, it was a very nice pro- process I felt that we were learning a lot we were learning a lot and after that process um I came um together with some of uh my friends uh from different universities in in Canada actually uh, some from UFT most of them from UFT and and also from other universities in Canada and the US and here in Ecuador too of course and we were thinking about opening the platform so we started creating this platform but it was it's very hard you know it's um and probably we didn't realize this kind of like at the very beginning or we had it clear but we were still very optimistic about it so we just continued working and now we have this great yeah. result right so it's a platform in which you can basically create an account if you have a small business you can register you can create different uh gift cards or uh just cons- uh, like cards to be consumed right um credit card like credit store credit cards uh you assign the discounts you assign the 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 value the dollar value on it or on them and and you start promoting them right so that and the the main goal of this platform was to help um those businesses especially those stock there that could not sell right now like for instance um hair like hairstylists um maybe i don't know uh, some uh, doctors were not uh, really working Uh, then right like or, or maybe something like some someone in the dentistry industry for instance so a lot of a lot of people were not working right and they and they needed some like some uh earning to in order to hold though and in order to be able to pay those um you know fixed costs of like salaries and and and, and all that stuff so the point was uh, to sell these uh cards to your customers uh so that they could claim that value after through purchases in the future when 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 we are back to the new normal basically and uh, but now that we are back to the new normal it's when people should start consuming those those cards right but it's been very challenging also for us because like the um, the project was all a voluntary uh work you know and and everything was on, on a uh on a non-profit basis but it's it's been very hard because like we have our own jobs and and also you know this has affected us all so we are trying to like get used to some changes within the family within the the, the social circles that we are in so and we're we're taking a lot also from what's happening around us that it's it's kind of hard to, to keep a project going especially when it's being run for free so yeah. the project right now it's a stood there for a bit and we are still um registering more um companies more small businesses but we really need like to uh, to rethink again and, and and I feel like this is also kind of going to the point that I was thinking about before that I feel that 
almost like a year has passed on. Like I feel that I've done a lot, and 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 the situation like is going is changing so fast that we need to rethink again. Like even if we did that like some months ago, we need to do it again because everything is changing. Like we we're not certain of what's gonna happen uh, tomorrow. So I, I feel like the, if that affects us at a personal level. We of course that's gonna affect the small companies too, so so that's interesting and that's something that we are kind of uh, working right now on on changing that uh, aspect of the platform that only that it was gonna mainly serve those uh, companies that were stuck there, and, and we had to shift that to a new economy that is kind of like half open right now and 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 open the platform for 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 its. Um, oh, like for its for its whole use, you know. So, so that's about yeah. the platform. That's about these small businesses. But but yeah, we can we have plenty of time more to talk more about the how I feel that everything has changed more connected with the society here in Ecuador. Yeah. So I I was wondering, and that's going back to the beginning of what we were talking about the initial periods of the quarantine. Um, We have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of informal workers in Brazil. It's about a quarter of the of our population, and it was a population that wasn't able to work from from one moment to the other. Um, we know that they were severely affected, and in Brazil, we had a a law that passed that allowed them to receive 600 reais a month um, for a period of three months, and that's for about a quarter of the population. And we had a a period of 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 crisis in where in which people weren't able to work and um, uh, some people that ha didn't even have enough money to pay for their next meal. So that's how desperate and financially unstable they were. And I'm wondering, what is, what's the situation in Ecuador with relation to these people? Um, are there still a, a lot of informal workers? Do they, um, how, how have they survived during the quarantine? Sure, yeah, and that, that's, that's a, a very, um good topic that we need to talk about definitely and well also another trend in 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 our latin america is that uh, poverty and inequality is going to increase for sure and uh well according to some um studies here in ecuador it was going to go from uh, i guess eight percent or something to uh 18 which is very very shocking And but but it's not, at the same time it's kind of not because we know that their economy is gonna shrink by like a huge percentage like six to ten percent. So in that sense, uh, we like one has to be very aware of what's gonna happen because um, even if the businesses are basic are very very well thought and and with good strategies. Um, We, we need to be aware of the, all these changes that's going to happen within the whole population. So inequality here, it's it's a whole concern. It's a whole concern. And and uh, on top of that, you know, probably it's being on the news as well. Uh, you know, maybe you saw some pictures of Guayaquil City and how uh, corpses were were out in the streets. So that's one of the yeah. of the of the samples that you have. That's one of the images that you get from from the situation here. Of course, it's not that um, it's not that um, how how would they say like it's not that uh, surprising anymore. We have many other issues to think about, and right now we're thinking a lot about corruption issues in the middle of the crisis. So um, that has provoked a lot of anger, I guess, in the population. And at the same time, you know, people has uh, people have been resilient too. But I feel that that those people that are still like like under the poverty line and that still need to like work and, and in order to get their food and, and food for their children and their families, uh, their situation is very is very critical. So there's two sides of it, I think, because of of course there's been a huge growth in the in the food industry. And you know that here in the at least in the Indian region, a lot of uh, a lot of like indigenous uh, uh, communities, uh, whole community uh, community communities dedicate their time to um, a lot of agricultural stuff. You know that that's kind of like the main the main economic activity that they have. Uh, 
uh, together with textiles, for instance. But for sure, the food industry is one of the one of the strengths. So in that sense, the demand for it has risen a lot, right? So I feel that that's that's kind of good for for the econo- for the economy in general and for the economic condition of of, of some indigenous populations that have uh, suffered before from 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 different uh, government policies and from different. Uh, um, effects of, of something like some some critical um, event like the pandemic but at the same time I feel like we that doesn't need to that that is not like satisfactory at all we need we need to create more uh, or make at least the environment for their businesses to be open and to be more adapted to their conditions to their conditions you know because probably we can uh, just say that okay, maybe they are doing better because they are producing food, and now we demand more food. But it's not only like that. We they they for sure need more support from the government in order to continue providing food because on the other side, we are really depending on this, you know. And so that that one side is kind of like very optimistic side of it. I think if we do the things right and and if we support them in the way they need to, I feel that it's very it's very optimistic for the country. And, and, in, and for any Latin American economy, I would say. But on the other side, we have those workers that really depend on other uh, on, on, on third people, you know, on, on, on huge companies that have closed, that have gone bankrupt or that depend on the service sector that is not really completely open right now. So I feel like those people, they are the, they're in the most critical condition right now. And that's that's also something to include in these small businesses, because uh, when we think when we're thinking about that and when we're thinking about sustainability of the businesses, we have to take this into account for sure. Like if we are not um, somehow like thinking about these um, communities marginalized and, and, and communities and in very critical conditions, I feel that the business right now, either because of a trend or also because of some logical logic to it, the business is not gonna is not gonna grow correctly. I feel that we we have as a small businesses and and, and and small businesses supporters, we are in the obligation to to think about that, you know, and to be aware of the context. I, I feel that that's that's very important, and at the same time, that's what makes the work more difficult. Uh, you the, all the these points that you're bringing to to discussion, I think they're very very important. The only thing that I wanted to add is that with this platform um, that you and your friends have created, I think it's also important to understand that the people that have access to the platform or that have access to pay for these store credit um, is not like the entire population. So, for for example, how are we making sure that low-income families are getting access to uh, services and products that they need? But because they don't have access or they don't have the technology to be part of this platform or get to know what other businesses are in the area, um, they are at yeah. the end not going to be able to um, get what they need. So, um, as that's, the other thing that so you mentioned, true. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's, that's so true. And that's a, a really good point that I've been thinking about a lot. And, and, and for sure, for instance, like, Imagine who's gonna have money to pay for a for a haircut that's that you're gonna get in the future. Um, who, who's gonna have money for it if you need to money for to pay for the food for your children uh, if yeah. you are in a critical condition? And 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 we've been thinking a lot about this. And for sure, there has to be a chain of 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 actions. You know, like uh, I also was kind of like thinking about this, and I'm like, so so how how am I gonna help them? So like, well, how am I gonna get to these really small businesses that need our support? So um, first of all, like we decided to have like different um, categories. The, like big companies have the chance to donate to small companies to continue working, and also uh, companies have a chance to choose like different uh, levels in which they want to access to the platform. The platform also we decided to do the platform like for free. So just to compare it with other platforms of the same uh, nature, so uh, like our, our maybe the same services that we offer, 
like cost in another platform like a hundred to two hundred dollars uh, just to open it because and apart from that the payment uh, um, the all the transactions each company has to take care of it right so we like we have saved a lot of like the procedures and a lot of money to um, to small businesses for them to use the platform for free so I feel that that's already a, a huge step in in Ecuador because uh, like you know not many people have access to it like not all the businesses have uh, easily like can take easily the decision to just um, go online shopping and then just pay like a, uh, some hundred dollars to like to to have their online payment uh, all all the transactions online so we are we were doing it for free we are doing it for free but uh, we are pretty sure that we need to help more because you're right like not like any and it can be seen in different aspects not only in businesses the access to internet might be growing a lot potentially but the the access to to even like trust on financial um services online here in ecuador is very low it, before the pandemic now i was thinking that it was going to grow and and it has but it, probably not as much as 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 i'd like to but but it's gonna grow I, i'm pretty sure and and especially we, like by giving people these free tools i feel that that that's gonna be exactly what's gonna help them because some people might have banking accounts most of the businesses here work through banking like through bank transfers you know like if i buy like a beer from someone and i need to pay them like ten dollars for my six beers I can transfer them the money, right? But you know that's another issue. The um, how the banking sector is being managed here in Ecuador—that's a huge concern. It's not really helpful for many, many small businesses. I don't think it's really a nice tool for them, not uh, nor cheap. Um, so this platform gives them the chance to, like, you know, learn more about how financial um services are being provided online have the chance to learn for free and have the chance to use them for free so i i feel that that's that's gonna be a tough task to do like to convince people to go online because even though we have this tool for free i have talked to many businesses when calling them and offering them to register and them so like most of them are very very um skeptical skeptical about it they are but is this service very like safe like is it okay to put my credit card number on it like are, are my clients gonna trust me if i use your platform so that's another side of it too and kind of like to finish the the, the idea of like how to help basically a small very small businesses and informal businesses too why not um it's kind of, we created a program through these donations of of big companies to small companies and also to um, to do some marketing for for big companies too, um, and for them to donate, but they have to donate uh, for this program too. And and, and when we are like giving uh, some transactions for free to uh, some small businesses. Of course, this has to continue. Again, we were rethinking this uh, three months ago. We have to rethink it again. So um, it's something that is is changing. It's changing for sure. And and and, and we're thinking about it, yeah. And we were thinking about the supply side here and talking about how um, how important it is um, to develop this um, this relationship to customers. And I wanted to talk about exactly that. How has um, how has been how has it been during the this pandemic time to attract the different customers and new customers um, to your services? during this pandemic, I think Hikado will be able to talk about that. Well, uh, when I started uh, go going through the digital marketing and, and digital platforms, uh, I, I certainly uh, broadened my my reception, I would say. like People that I, I certainly would not have met before, certainly they wouldn't have met my product before. They they were able to to to, to see it and and to buy it and to, and like it, so in a way it was good. It helped. It did help uh, in that sense. Uh, I think my 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 client 
uh, a number of clients they they did increase, but it was but again it was it was so it was very much improvised. It w it wasn't done the way I would like to do it. You know, it wasn't very professional in a way, because uh, it's it's already very hard when you start a business, a small business, especially when you have to uh, conciliate with with studying, right? Because I'm a university student and I'm I'm doing this as well. It's it's very hard for you to to deal with with issues like uh, when so like it's to predict issues. It's it's really hard. But then when something like this big comes, which no one can predict, it's very hard. Uh, so in, in a way, in some segments, I believe it kind of leveled the field. So it, in my case, in a way, uh, kind of like everyone the the. Cervejas artesanais, yeah, kind of like draft beers in a way. So uh, some are bigger than others, some are pretty well established. Uh, but then uh, when when this happened, it kind of leveled the field a bit. But in other cases, uh, it didn't. Some some business, uh, the the ones that were big and they were like more or less prepared for this, so they had uh, like uh, platforms and and. To, just to keep their business going uh, via internet or something, then they they kind of like they swallow the other businesses which which couldn't keep up. Yeah, it was it was hard. It really was hard. And I, I did lose actually uh, some customers as well because there's also in my case again in, um, I sell beer, right? So, so there there are some people that like they they don't drink at home. I think there's this stigma as well, which like drinking at home is alone is a bit sad. I guess maybe coronavirus has changed that in a way. In my case, it did. <laughs> but like there's these people that like they, they mm -hmm. don't buy beer at home. They only buy when they go to a bar or someplace. So if if this place is like completely closed, then then those people they don't they don't buy anything. They, they didn't feel the need of buying anything. On the other hand, there are people that that they, they, they like to have the comfort of ordering something from home and, and having it delivered to them. And I, I guess I, I gained those those clients. Or planning to construct, they stopped everything because they couldn't continue to work. So we had to rethink our politic of price, basically, and how we were going to uh, to to talk with these new clients that new that need new things and basically we had to work on products that were useful for them in this moment like uh, products like cements as sand wood we put to the side uh, we stopped uh, working on the marketing and the visibility for those materials for the basic materials and we started uh, working on things people could do like now when they're at home with like uh, small uh, repairs, uh, decoration and things like that. We have to like look at our business from a totally, totally new perspective and learn how to work in this in this new perspective and how to work with these new clients uh, because as stevie said people are now winning way less than they used to and this made them pickier with their choices of uh, how to spend their money so we need to work we had to work and the necessities of our clients now because if they are picker with their choices we need to make uh, our product a priority so they will choose us when they spend their money so it's a whole new way of thinking that we used to have and we are still working on it it's uh, still a work in progress because we don't see uh, in our segment this change in the in the in the future in the near future. We are basic on the on our data on our numbers. We expect it to that this new way people 
buy things and people think about things will at least stay for another year, maybe more. <clears throat> and we'll have to see the, the the results of the quarantine, how the society will move on from here to adapt. It's basic. Yeah, well, what he said, what he said was is very true. Like people become became way pickier with with their choices when they for consumption. Uh, so like it, for me, artisanal beer it was good in a way because I mean that that's what you want, right? You want people to 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 start looking at the quality and and when you buy things which are which are like literally better made in a way. But then there were, there are some people that went the other way. Instead of, of uh, thinking, okay, since I only have this money to buy, I'm going to buy something which is a bit more expensive, but is like much better. I'm, go uh, I'm going to buy something which I can buy in a, a bigger quantity. So like, obviously, I couldn't compete uh, that way. For example, we have Ambevi here, which is like this, this huge uh, company. They, like, they basically sell almost everything, but, but they are specialized in beers. And I mean, their beers are obviously much cheaper than mine. Uh, so there are people who think, okay, well, I can buy one beer from from Ricardo uh, for this price, while I can buy like I don't know four or five beers from this other company, which is uh, bigger and better known and cheaper. So uh, that 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 was hard. I had I had to I really had a fight uh, regarding price. I had to reduce my price a lot. So I. For, for me, my survival uh, strategy was forget profit. I just want to sell and maybe like be on, on the zero margin without like without have, losing money, but without uh, worrying too much about making money. And that's that's what I did. And, and I think, well, since I'm going to reduce prices, then I might as well start investing in marketing. So I really had to go that way. While my my product was strictly premium and like and something which is a bit expensive and but you're going to buy it because of the quality i kind of had to uh, change my my strategy a bit and say okay well it isn't that expensive i mean it is better but it isn't that expensive just 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 buy for me please in a way <laughs> i have a question for for you uh, for you too so uh you're mentioning that you had to uh make some changes to your selling um, strategy. And now that we know that COVID-19 is not going to go away uh, tomorrow, uh, I guess that businesses are designing their new um, marketing strategy that includes not only how they're going to reach out to customers, if it's online or in person, or how they're going to get in contact with their suppliers or how they're going to balance their budget and organize their their business. So what other things did you or are you thinking about when when you're designing your plan and how you're going to how your business is going to proceed uh, from now on? So you already mentioned the marketing strategy in terms of social media marketing. But I wonder what other things are you taking into account when um, thinking about your long-term plan or even short-term plan from now on? Well, as a long-term plan, I, I really hope things get back to normal like pr quite soon. <laughs> but, I mean, being realistic. So what I had to do is uh, I had to start selling in quantity. Uh, that's that's what I did. So, my, as I said, my, my product is like premium. So what I try to do, so what I do is I, I sell small quantities for uh, like for a bigger price in a way, uh, and then people just, just weren't buying the, as much as I thought it would uh, before the quarantine, obviously. So uh, what I had to do was instead of like uh, selling like one bottle or one, a box, a box comes with six bottles. Uh, instead of doing that, I had to start doing promotions with. Uh, okay, buy three uh, three boxes and you only pay two, for example, and that like uh, that significantly reduced my profit margin. I I was almost for, for a period, 
I was almost selling it, like I, I was literally selling it for like uh, the, the price it cost me to make it. But that's it. Then I thought, well, since I'm gonna do this, I I, I might as well uh, really invest in marketing. So I started to announce it uh, as much as I possibly could, uh, telling everyone uh, through through social medias and, and well, every way I, I could. Uh, that the prices were were lower, and and to do that, what I did as well was I really um, used uh, special dates, such as uh, Mother's Day. I, I don't know if it's the same day as in Brazil as it is in Canada or other places of the world, but we had Mother's Day last month. We had uh, Valentine's Day here in Brazil this month. So I really used the dates. Uh, both as a, as a promotional, but as as well as an opportunity to sell more. Because that that's it. Like mo most people, uh, they, they they kind of look for a reason to, to buy things. So and and these dates are very good, uh, for that matter. Okay, I think it's time to wrap up this conversation. I I had a wonderful time. I think that a lot of the perspectives that we showed here were were new and were different. And that's what we hope to bring in El Prado Viral. I want to thank everyone for participating and reminding all our listeners here that El Cafecito is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Um, I'll see everyone next week. And bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.